Cricket Last Stories with me, Neil Kagram. Today, we're joined by Lockie Ferguson. Lockie, thank you for your time. We're going no through this, the world's going through this pandemic of coronavirus. How's it down in New Zealand? Yeah, we're, um, we're doing well in New Zealand. We've been uh, in lockdown for three or so weeks uh, at level four, and um, our curve's certainly going in the right direction. So hopefully in another week or so we might go back to level three and then um slowly go back to normal life at some point and hopefully hopefully some more cricket but um at this stage it's been yeah interesting times yeah fingers crossed um so let's take it all the way back with yourself born in auckland new zealand um when did the passion for cricket first start uh yeah so i grew up in uh central auckland uh with a big brother who was a very good sportsman and uh, my father uh, was the coach of all our sports teams, um, soccer and cricket. Uh, and so we certainly lived in a household. My mum was a very good sportswoman. So we lived in a household that just loved playing sport and also, of course, being a Kiwi, um, very outdoorsy. So any opportunity we can get to be outdoors um, was always great. Uh, and then uh, cricket probably wasn't my favorite sport. It was certainly a sport I really enjoyed. Um, and not till I was probably at high school um, did I think that this was the sport I wanted to play. I played soccer, uh, really enjoyed golf for a long time. Um, but really, I just try to play every sport um, that I was allowed to. <laughs> um, and yeah, I went to Auckland Grammar. Uh, and I think that's sort of where cricket took off a little bit where I was training in a net and one of the top coaches saw me bowling um, quickly in a net and asked if I was Mitchell Ferguson's younger brother and that's my older brother Mitch um, and he had played first 11 at Grammar and was the opening bowler there and so it sort of semi-started there. Yeah. Now I noticed you didn't mention rugby. Um, you know, when people talk about New Zealand and sports, the All Blacks always come to comes to the forefront of people's mind. Did I never take your fancy? No, I did. I did play rugby. I played at, um, at high school as well. Played um, decent level there too. But um, I was always uh, heavy set for my age group. So I had to play open weight rugby, which was always pretty challenging. Um, and amongst a lot of Polynesian boys at high school who were far bigger guys, and they, they tended to grow up a lot quicker at that age. Um, and so... I was, um, yeah, played first five and played fullback, uh, under 15s, uh, open weight, and yeah, certainly just felt like I was a bit of a speed bump sometimes, but I enjoyed it. I, um, yeah, played a good couple of seasons there and made a lot of good mates, um, but yeah, just wasn't quite the sport for me, um, just wasn't big enough, I don't think. And then you mentioned your brother, Mitch, yeah. good cricketer in his own right. Was he a fast bowler as well? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, yep, he was a fast bowler, um, certainly a more talented sportsman than I ever was, um, but was sort of riddled, riddled with a lot of injuries um, through high school, um, which is pretty common for sportsmen, particularly like my brother who was very quick, um, and I just don't think his body um, could control the sort of speed that he was putting out, and so he had um, a torn glute muscle, tore, tore his glute off his bone um, at sort of sixth form, which is second to last year of school. Um, and yeah, just was riddled with a lot of injuries, but was a very good footballer, played New Zealand underage representatives. 
Um, and yeah, just one of those guys who plays any sport and is exceptionally good at it, even now. Doesn't play golf for six months and goes out and shoots nine over. It's ridiculous. So just one of those guys. One of those guys, right? Um, So were you always uh, able to bowl fast, even from a young age? Yeah, I think um, I was an opening batter and an opening bowler sort of through the ages. Um, And I I didn't really think I was a quick bowler. um, But certainly now looking back, there were times when I guess people said that I was quick. Um, But I think when you're going through the underages, you don't really know um, what is quick um, because you're obviously not facing yourself as much but um but yeah i guess i was sort of there or thereabouts um with rep teams being the opening bowler um but yeah i used to love love batting uh as well um but as i've sort of continued to play cricket i've batted less and less and so that skills sort of dissipated a little bit (laughs) did you um face any injury problems growing up as a fast bowler you know going through that growth stage of your body did you suffer yeah i mean certainly uh, I didn't grow quickly um, like some other bowlers you hear about. Sort of, they grow really fast within a year, um, which puts a lot of strain on the body. But yeah, I had um, a stress fracture maybe a month out from the Under 19 World Cup, which was pretty stressful and frustrating at the time because a um, couple of years before that, I wasn't even in contention for the Auckland side. And then, um, you know, I kept working away and uh, managed to get into. The under-19 um, squad as a non-travelling reserve the year before, and then I was sort of gearing up to go to the World Cup, um, which we were hosting in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, I had a stress fracture about a month earlier, um, which was a bit frustrating at the time. Um, and then, yeah, that put me out sort of um, for the end of end of my first 11 uh, season at, at Grammar. And yeah, it was just one of those things that takes a lot of time, but um, took the winter off, got strong, did a lot of Pilates um, that my mum sort of encouraged me to get into um, from knowledge that she had got from Dion Nash. Uh, and then, yeah, just sort of try to work on getting strong. Uh, um, but yeah, I had injuries pretty much to last 24, 23, 24, pretty steadily. When did you first get into the Auckland setup? I know in the UK and England they have like academy systems. Is it similar back home? Yeah, we have under nine. We have sort of yeah under seventeens, under nineteens, uh, and then Auckland A, and then um, obviously the Aces as a contracted player squad. Um, so I sort of was under seventeens, uh, non-travelling reserve one year. Then I played the next year. Then the next. Under 19s, I was uh, a reserve, and then I played the next year, and then I made NZ sort of as a non-traveler, um, but never really made the teams, sort of just made the teams kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, uh, still wasn't quick through those stages, but I had absolutely no idea where I was going. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then I played quite a lot of Auckland A. Um, me and Mitch Satner actually played a lot against each other at that time because, of course, he was going up against the likes of Dan Vittori and Bruce Martin. So he couldn't get into the ND team uh, at the time. And so um, we played a lot against each other. Um, Any Anyone and, else that you grew up with in the same team? I know you're big mates with Jimmy. Jimmy Neesham. Yeah, we play a lot of school cricket together um, and played against Corey. Um, hit one of the biggest sixes I've ever seen in Auckland Grammar into, 
into the prison because our Auckland Grammarale um, first 11 pitch was down the bottom. One side was a rock climbing wall, which was pretty sweet, and the other side was the Mount Eden prison. So a few cricket balls have been sent into there. Luckily, I've never been hit into there. but um, <laughs> uh, And then, yeah, I played Auckland A. Um, and, yeah, once again, sort of in and out of that team. Um, was was taking my cricket reasonably seriously. Like, I enjoyed playing it, um, but probably not as professional as I could have been um, going to university and um, enjoying my time there uh, as well. Um, and then I, I finished my degree uh at Auckland and decided that I'd go to Melbourne to try and uh play cricket there um with a contact and then I was going to try find some work in advertising in Melbourne and and really start um fresh over there uh and then I was there about two or three months and got a call from Paul Strang that they wanted to contract me for that season and I was 21 uh and yeah they contracted me that season so I had to come home for the for the summer so was that 2013, am I correct in saying? That was your debut season? Yeah, geez. I think it was end of 2012 to 2013, yeah. Yeah, then yeah, your main, would it be fair to say your main breakthrough season came in the 2014-15 season, reading back some stats, got 21 wickets at an average of 23. You said yeah. you... Just starting to take cricket a bit more seriously. Was that a time when you felt, you know, this is where I belong? Well, when I got that contract to come back to play for Auckland, um, I'd been in some academies over the winters and things like that. But um, I'll be honest, I certainly wasn't in any shape to bowl um, as a first-class bowler. I was pretty overweight. At one stage, I clocked up 100 kgs. And now I'm about 90, so quite a lot more, obviously, um, less muscle back then as well. But, um, yeah, certainly wasn't in any shape. I was Club cricket was fine, of course, because you play once or twice a week. But um, that first season was a real eye-opener in terms of the physicality of having it as a full-time job and training most days and, and gymming. And so I got a lot of injuries, just your classic, like, uh, groin and then your glute and then your hamstring and then... Um, niggles and then ankle issues and heel bruising and stuff like that which your body's just adjusting to the workload um, going from playing club cricket and training twice a week and going to you know a first class cricketer as a professional it was a it was a big difference and so yeah that that year I sort of decided look I was going to work on my fitness um, and so lost lost a bit of weight um, got my strength up Still had injuries, and then the next winter after that season, obviously didn't play that much the first season. Next season, got really strong in the gym. Um, worked out with our strength and conditioning coach at the time that um, uh, I was putting a lot of force through my body. Um, something like 13 times my body weight was going through my front leg, and so every kg that I lost was... Um, 13 kgs less of force and so that kind of resonated with me in terms of having to lose weight so that I could bowl for longer but also um, talked a lot with Anthony Sharp about um, creating muscle so that not only could I create the speed but um, most importantly have the breaks and, and the support that my body wouldn't sort of break down and so that was that sort of um, change in my career where I went from just being a uni student who could bowl quick um, and was like naturally pretty fit 
I could do most things and run and I enjoyed running so was could get away with um going through a season but um that winter certainly I decided that I'd put the hard work in at the gym and, and get fit and strong and and not really have as many excuses um and then yeah so the, the following seasons is when I started to get more opportunity because I was just available to play and wasn't getting injured and and the other thing is it's amazing that you do a skill when you're not injured you can actually go and train every day and so it's just that thousand hours if you're sitting on the sideline because you're injured you can't work on your skill but if you're fit and you're training every day then just naturally by doing that you're you're of course going to get much better uh, and that's when it sort of started to kick off and in the 2015-16 season you won the the Plunkett Shield uh, which is the title I believe uh, yeah. for Auckland you got 31 wickets for yourself personally again a proud moment for you yeah, like I'm not really a big one for stats, if I'm honest, um, or, or records, certainly trophies. Um, that was a pretty special one um, to win because uh, first-class cricket, is, as everyone talks about, is sort of a hard graft. And as a fast bowler, it's not the first spell you bowl. It's the the third and, and the fourth one you bowl in the afternoon that can win games. And um, that was a big turning season where... I went from being a bowler who was struggling to get through a day's cricket to the guy who was in earlier seasons to the guy who was sort of the fit one who was looking for the ball and, and wanting to take wickets at the end of the end of the day. And um, that's when I really loved bowling bowling quick. And um, when you take those wickets at, at tough times when everyone's tired, you know, that sort of gave me a lot of confidence and, and really helped me fall in love with um, playing the longer form of the game. Um, and then, yeah, for sure that year we had um, the likes of Mitch McLennigan, Michael Bates, uh, a lot of senior bowlers around me. Um, and I just learned so much in terms of what I could achieve and um, more importantly, what my body could handle and um, what it took to sort of play um, and be a professional cricketer at that stage. And then the following year, you got international recognition, 2016, December 2016, your one-day international debut for New Zealand against Australia. Do you remember your first wicket, David Warner? Well, your I remember it me for four pretty early on. Um, pulled me for four and then, yeah, fortunately, um, he chopped one on, um, which is always nice. Um, but, yeah, uh, not uh, certainly... Excited to get a debut, but debuts are certainly not my um, strength, except for T20 probably. But I've had two absolute shocker debuts for New Zealand, being my test and my one day. Didn't didn't finish the game in both. Um, but yeah, nice to, I guess, get a wicket. Um, probably the first time I realised how quick I was bowling for um, a reasonable amount of time. And I was obviously pretty jacked up and excited to play in, in, in Australia as well, where everything's heightened a little bit. Um, but yeah, I only bowled, I think, seven, seven and a bit overs. My uh, All my legs cramped up. Um, biggest learning curve about staying hydrated and, and taking on plenty of fluid and realising how much I actually do sweat as well. Um, not only because of the sport, but because of the anxiety of playing. So, Did you feel um, ready at the call-up? Yeah, and but it's I didn't know what ready was for international. That's the, the difference probably. Like I was, I was playing first class and... I, playing perfectly fine body was sweet Get, getting through full days of uh first class cricket bowling 25 overs no sweat uh, no dramas but then um the anxiety i guess of 
going and playing a day in Australia where, um, you know, obviously it's a bit different to New Zealand where everything's heightened and, and you know, it was a whole, a whole new uh, learning curve for me from the pre-match, taking photos to interviews. And then, of course, because I was the debut player, everyone wanted to talk to me and then training was heightened and the heat was hotter and um, all these sort of little things that perhaps I didn't really think too much about because I was just trying to prepare myself to play a game um, sort of unfolded and then yeah I didn't didn't get through the overs and um, certainly a big learning curve um, at that stage and, and pretty frustrating to start an international career like that. But then you did say that your T20 career internationally started off started off much better you got the opportunity against Bangladesh two wickets in your first two balls? Yeah, yeah, well, that's different circumstance, certainly in Napier. Um, smaller crowd, smaller ground. Um, and then, yeah, just one of those things. I think I bought a full toss first ball that he hits him mid off, which um, I won't claim that that was the scouting notes, but certainly will take the wicket. Uh, and then, yeah, nicked off uh, next guy to Corey, I think. Corey Anderson's playing at Gully. So yeah, I know pretty one of those things. T Twenty is one of those amazing games where you can bowl terribly and, and go three for spit, or you can bowl really well and get pumped around the ground. So, um, but yeah, that was a bit nicer in terms of debuts for sure. Then you were also called into the Test squad that was uh, playing against the West Indies. You didn't get picked uh, to play in the final eleven, but at that stage, obviously, you've made your ODI debut T Twenty, and you've been recognised to be but picked for the squad in the longer format. In your mind, during that time, what did you feel was your greatest suit? Or was it just a case of you wanted to play all forms? Uh, I think I've been picked from my uh, first class um, records more than anything. Probably I'd had not played a huge amount of um, one-day cricket for Auckland. Uh, Spent a lot of time carrying the drinks for the team. In previous years and, and T20 I'd played a little bit but certainly wasn't confidence with confident with my skill execution uh, in that format so red ball was certainly where I felt more comfortable playing uh, and then yeah leading up to that West Indies test I played the warm-up game against the West Indies and I got Pfeiffer and um, sort of went through their top order there and I guess got picked up to go into the test team um, I believe Timmy was having his his first daughter um so he wasn't playing the game so that's why um matt henry played and then i was um carrying drinks so yes once again pretty exciting to be part of that squad and uh, it all happened pretty quickly um but yeah that game certainly watched from the sideline and then um also 2017 you were involved in the ipl with pune i know you're now you've been picked up with the kolkata night riders but talk mm -hmm. us through the whole ipl glitz and glamour did you enjoy it yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, t I turned up to India and uh, I got a fever. Um, off, I don't know where I got it, probably off the plane and travel. Um, so I was actually bedridden for the first couple of weeks. Uh, and I actually lost 6 kg when I first arrived there. So they were calling me um, the Loch Ness Monster because none of the players had seen me yet. They just thought I was a myth. Um, but yeah, struggled the first two weeks. Um, Flem was the coach, so I had a conversation with him and he sort of just said, oh, mate, just relax. You're more or less here just as backup for our other bowlers. Um, so just settle in and, and enjoy yourself um, if you have any questions. He was great. Had pretty casual conversations with him. 
Um, but then, yeah, I think it may have been our third game. Um, we went up to Gujarat, which was the hottest place I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Had no experience of that at all before. Was still not 100% at all. And um, that was going to be my first game. And uh, I think it was like 50, 50 degrees or something in the daytime. And then the sun went down. It was like low 40s. It was something ridiculous. And I just didn't, I didn't know what had happened. When I got off the bus, I thought we were in a heated room. and and then I continued to find out when we went outside that it was just baking hot. So that was my first game. I think played in the early 40s. Um, bowled against Baz, bowled a couple good balls to him early on, and then he danced down as he does down the leg side and banged me over cover for six. Um, but, yeah, look, it, it, was a, it was an interesting first experience. Just the noise, I think, is probably the most memorable part for me that um, regardless of if you're a home or away team, the fans just cheer every bit of cricket and if you turn around and wave to the crowd they go absolutely ballistic and and to come from New Zealand where it's nice if we get half the stand filled sometimes for our domestic games to go to India where there's literally seems like there's people on people um just so excited to watch every bit of cricket uh and the noise in the ground is just sort of it was deafening but um but a really cool experience um, and then yeah, I left that left that game and, and got sick again for um, for another week or so, um, and then yeah, finally came back from that. And I'm pretty sure that I had every bug possible so that I wasn't going to get anything for the rest of the <laughs> rest of the trip. But um, pretty pretty amazing, I think. Just the big things is when you share a room with the likes of MS Dhoni, Jinkarane, Ben Stokes was in the side, Faf Duplessis. Um, you know, the list goes on of of great players that was in that side. Um, I mean, to hear, then you actually get to know them and hang out with them a lot, particularly the overseas pros, and realise that they're just normal blokes. Obviously, very, very, very good cricketers and exceptional in that area, but um, have same problems, have same thoughts, have same interests that the rest of us do. Uh, and for me, that was pretty special um, getting along with those guys and um, I guess being on the same level as them. Uh, and yeah, good friends to have going forward too. And in 2018, you come over to the UK and play for Derbyshire, some county cricket. How was that as an experience? Yeah, enjoyed, enjoyed it for sure. I think I was sort of in and out of the Black Cap side this previous season, um, still finding my feet a little bit, um, and really wanted to play some cricket in the off season so that I could work on my skills. I thought I was getting to a point where my body was feeling really good and I was being able to bowl quick for a lot you know regularly and 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 being comfortable doing that for long periods of time and so um yeah got my manager um uh, Steve Wilkins to sort of help me out trying to find a gig overseas which was quite a struggle um not a lot of teams looking um to pick me up but fortunately Derby we had some connects John Wright the coach there um one of the great Kiwi Kiwi batsmen um yeah and, and then asked me to come over and, and play and um, once again, another experience where I was the overseas pro um, amongst a few others, but certainly knowing that I was going to play every game, it's different pressures. Um, IPL was different because I pretty much knew I was just a, a fill-in, but um, Derby, yeah, um, turning up, knowing that you had to perform and that, and that they were paying you to be the overseas pro was a new experience. Did um, you do that pressure? Uh, well, the, the first few games, you sort of you're a bit nervous, and you kind of want to get the first wicket and, and things. But um, I really enjoy playing in England. Uh, I played a club season there a few years back, and 
didn't get many didn't get many wickets actually that year. I broke my arm during it, but really enjoyed playing over there. And then for Derby, um, something about the pitch there went really well for me in T20. So once again, enjoyed playing um, there. And um, it's always nice when you're playing well because uh, there is extra pressure as an overseas pro. But certainly, if you can have a good couple of first games up front. Um, then you know you can just sort of ride the wave, um, and and the Derby boys um, really punched above their weight that year, um, and have and have done since uh, in T20, which is always great to see. I guess a, a smaller county do really well in, in the big comps, um, but we had a lot of fun, um, and yeah, enjoyed my time playing in the in the blast there, and um, look forward to hopefully going back and playing again. But um, certainly enjoyed playing on the English wickets. So with the World Cup year, which was the following year, 2019, do you think that kind of experience, honing your skills in English conditions helped? Oh, for sure. I think that um, more, more than anything, just the confidence I took from the year before. Having played at the grounds, I mean, it's interesting when you go overseas and you haven't played at a ground that you're always a little bit nervous because you're not sure how it plays and the dimensions. And uh, obviously every ground is different, but certainly when you've played a bit in England and you have confidence that you've gone well in all different um, grounds there, um, you can take that confidence and um, into the into the World Cup, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Derby. Um, took me a while to learn how to bowl with a duke, that's for sure. Sheepers. Um, but then, yeah, sort of yeah, picked it up. What so you guys, you used to cook a bar ball. ball. Uh, yeah. A lot of people say there are differences. Is it just the feeling in the hand? Is it just the seam? Can you the feeling's to... fine. Like, the, the feeling of the ball is absolutely fine. That, that sort of wasn't the issue. It's just the first, you know, you're playing in cloudy conditions when the ball swings a lot. Um, and so they're not, or of course, all of a sudden you, you're trying to swing the ball. And so one ball swings a lot and then another, another ball doesn't swing. And, just the control of it's so different. And I guess um, it took me a, a while, probably a game or so, to actually work out when it was going to swing and when to use the swing. And then also just to, to maintain the same action that I have when I bowl with a kookaburra rather than trying to swing the ball. And then, of course, to start banking over a little bit more and you have less control. So it was all a great learning experience. And um, yeah, look, I didn't have a huge amount of success early on, but um, certainly got a bit more used to it and um, thoroughly enjoyed playing county cricket there. We played a, a game at Lords, which was pretty pretty awesome as well. So, um, But yeah, um, certainly a, a learning experience and it took me some time, but, um, but no, I really enjoyed my time with Derby. And then going into the World Cup the following year, 2019, going into the tournament, was there an expectation within the team that you guys could go far? Yeah, we would have been playing some great cricket. Um, I guess I was just happy to be part of the squad. Um, sort of felt that that first change role for me personally was one I was trying to um, really grab a hold of because we've got such great um, opening bowlers, swing bowlers in New Zealand. Um, and the likes of Tim Trent, um, Matt Henry, the list goes on of guys who just bowl so well up front. Um, and for me, I thought, well, I'm not a huge swing bowler. Um, so obviously I pace so I try to own that first change role and um, the season the summer before was you know starting to find my feet and understand how that might look um, and then of course my death bowling 
um, the more I did, the more I worked on it, the better it got um, and sort of tried to nail that Yorker. And so leading into the World Cup, um, I'd come off a pretty poor IPL, um, got dropped a few times in that and actually struggled quite a lot um, mentally during that because um, the expectation leading into the IPL for me was quite a lot. And um, for whatever reason, it, it, I didn't perform as well as I'd hoped. Um, and so, yeah, wasn't feeling great at the IPL about my bowling at the time and um, came back to the, to the Black Caps um, family, um, the group, and, and once again felt, felt, felt at home. Um, and so certainly it was nice to go to England um, with confidence having played in England, but also confidence to be back in a team where I knew my role, knew my position, and um, sort of felt at home again. Yeah, I know you said you don't look at stats, but you were the second uh, leading wicket taker in the tournament, taking 19 wickets. But then, um, should we talk about the final? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. I think the Black Amps team, we, we um, before the tournament, we um, thought that we were definitely contention for, for the finals uh, in terms of the semis. Um, we've been playing great one day cricket and um, the bowling attack we had was in my opinion pretty exceptional um, everyone knew exactly what their role was and um, all, all bowlers on their day could have a man of the match performance and, and, and that's pretty special but also I think the key, I've talked about it before but the bowling attack um, prided itself on when a Bowled bowl well, the next bowler came on, would pick up exactly where the guy left off um, and just keep building that pressure. And certainly we weren't trying to do, do anything special or, or create miracles, but we knew if um, the bowling attack as a unit bowled well together, we would build pressure from both ends. And that's how you'd get wickets, um, particularly in the UK, um, when it's batters are expected to score kind of big runs. Um, and yeah, we took that confidence early on. We played that warm-up game against India. Um, bowled really nicely there, sort of went through them um, and that gave us a lot of confidence. Didn't bowl very well against West Indies. Um, Dre Russ and the likes hit a couple of big bombs. Um, Chris Gale had some nice big bombs but um, but yeah we took confidence and we had quite a nice lead into the competition uh, where we sort of were playing the big teams at the end um, so that sort of format suited us a little bit too. Um, but yeah did really well. Um, sort of qualified I think it was the West Indies game we qualified with that wicket on the last last ball. Um, old Carlos Brathwaite who played with him at, at Kolkata. He battered exceptionally well that day. and um, But fortunately, we got ahead. Uh, and I think that, that pretty much sealed our sort of um, qualification into semis. Um, and then I picked up a little hamstring um, grade one tear for the English game, which was our last round robin game. So... I uh, was certainly a little nervous going into the India semi-final and that was the craziest game of one of the craziest games I've ever played over two days uh, we scored I think it was 240 odd um, and it was such an interesting vibe yeah interesting vibe because we we thought 240 was an okay score uh, we sort of got the feeling from India that they that they knew that we hadn't got enough um, with their batting attack. Then we went and slept on it that night. Um, and I remember sort of my girlfriend was well, with me at the time that she, um, 
we were sort of talking about it and asking if I was nervous. And I said, well, we've, we've sort of got nothing to lose at this point because we've got runs on the board and all the pressures on India. Um, and then your yeah, next day, Trent, Trent and Matt Henry, one of the best opening spells I've ever seen, just knocked the top off and um, really put the pressure back on India. And, and yeah, it was an amazing game of cricket um, and pretty special to um, get the win and, and go through to the final. Um, and then the final, yeah, she's what a day that was. This was the longest game of cricket, longest one day game of cricket I've ever played. But what was it like um, being in such a hype from a from a pressure in your mental perspective? What was it like actually playing in such a pressure cricket environment? Yeah, I think the, the as a testament probably to our group, the Black Caps, and and how we approach pressure and. Um, we're all good friends and of course we, we did talk about it and um, spoke about um, what it would be like but um, we'd all played at um, Lords a few weeks earlier against Australia and um, you know we knew what the ground was going to be like it's, it's not a huge sort of crowd so the, the noise isn't going to be over the top but it is going to be a high pressure situation it's, it's a World Cup final um, but for me personally I mean I can't comment for other players but um, more or less you just try to do the same routine because what I've found with playing cricket all over the world is that we play at so many different grounds that you just need to have some things that are the same. Uh, and so to give you insight, I played in the same kit the whole World Cup. I would just wash the same kit, same clothes, just so that it, it would be the same for me every game and I'd fold it up and then that would just sort of give me peace of mind and um, throughout the tournament um, and then yeah for me it was the same again I just had a slightly bigger hotel room for sure but um, at the same time um, my kit was all the same um, my prep was the same we still laughed and carried on at training before the game and um, for sure there was pressure but um, it's also super exciting and I think all the pressure was probably on England um, for the World Cup being the home country and um, Often people sort of see us as the underdogs and we like to be that team. Um, and, yeah, it was a pretty exceptional day of cricket. Um, but, yeah, the circumstances weren't in our favour that day. And, unfortunately, um, that's just what happens in the sport sometimes. But I'm sure the game won't be get forgotten anytime soon. And yeah, if so, anything, so on the actual day yourself, you took three big wickets, Bairstow, Butler and Wokes. You took a great catch, which got rid of Morgan. When the super over, in, when you're in between innings, when that super, when you're just about to go and play the super over, were there any discussions about you take, uh, taking the ball or was it always going to be Trent, Trent Bolt? Nah, nah, there wasn't uh, any talks of me. I think um, Trent's been exceptional for a long period of time for New Zealand and there was no one more we could trust in him. Um, the guys... I can't speak any more highly of him. The, the work ethic that he has to play those big uh, roles in, in big games like that, he had done the work um, and he was, you know, he was the one that we trusted in doing that and, and we still would trust him to do it again and again. And um, Obviously, the over at the end of the, the first 50 overs, um, things went against him. He nailed, I was at point, he nailed two New Yorkers straight away and I was like, oh, here we go. This guy's on, on song and then... Stokes, you got one away, and then um, I guess the proceedings of the rest of that over was has been pretty well documented. But um, that's the sort of time where you're just like, "Wow, really? Is this gonna is this gonna turn again this game um, and go England's way?" And it did. Um, but yeah, no, nah, trust Bolte. He um, his skill set hitting Yorkers and hitting death is exceptional, and 
he's done it for years and years under pressure um, for many different sides and, and we completely trusted him in that in that situation and unfortunately that's there's got to be a winner and a loser and um, Stokesy batted very well that day um, and you know he's a, another big game player who um, sometimes when you look back on those games you go geez that guy's under so much pressure and to continually ch- churn out runs and and perform um, not only for for England but also w- when you're needed to um, that's pretty exceptional so yeah yeah one last question I don't want to obviously dwell on it but um, in, ter- in terms of the ruling when did you guys were you aware that of, of that through the boundary count rule did the umpires come in just before the super over or did how, uh, how was this communicated to the players because I know for the spectators it was slightly confusing at times as well when, when did you, when did you, when was the clarity given to you, to you guys? Well, in fairness, we got told the rules at the start of the comp, so we knew um, the super over rules, that boundary count, things like that would count back. Admittedly, when I heard the rules right at the start of the comp, I didn't really think much of it because um, I didn't think it would get to that stage. I don't think anyone would have. Um, but then when we bowled uh, that over. Uh, the super over and we went inside the batters you know the team was sort of let known and saying that we need to win this game not just draw it uh we need to win the super over um uh, and then yeah so that's when we sort of had the understanding that we had to get i think the runs to to win the game not just draw that super over and it wouldn't go to another super over um but look like uh, there's been so much discussion about um, the ruling, how it wasn't fair. And, and sure, there's a, a very big argument for the fact that the game was tied in the World Cup final and um, maybe boundary count's not the option. Um, but also those were the rules leading into the game. And I'm sure there's many other sport where um, you could arm and ar about the rules. Um, but we all knew the rules going into the game. And, and of course, we didn't think it was going to get to that point where we drew the super over as well. Um, but yeah, there's um, not much we can do about it. And, um, Congratulations to England, I guess, they're the World Cup champions. Yeah, so obviously great sportsmanship shown by you guys given the circumstances, etc. must have been difficult. Um, a word on your captain, Kane Williamson, named player of the tournaments. How is he yeah. as a leader yeah. of men? What a, a bad batsman, that guy, is he? Um, yeah, well, Kane, what a great guy. Uh, Played with him, obviously my captain the whole time I've been with with the Caps, and um, yeah, he's he's been great in the sense that um, he gives a lot of uh, leeway to the bowler to bowl how he wants to bowl, and and sure you have to prove yourself and and prove that your plans um, are going to be successful and and that you'll stick to them and actually be able to execute your plans. But he's very open minded as to how. Um, your thinking and, and also different ways to get people out and um, certainly through the World Cup um, really got a lot of confidence from him to bowl um, different ways um, certainly against Australia was pretty memorable uh, with different fields and and just thinking slightly differently rather than just trying to hit top of off um, because um, the better the batters are often they play that ball exceptionally well so he's very open to it um, and then I think um, I he probably got a lot more confidence in me through that campaign um, as to my bowling. So certainly a good person to work with, um, but he had an exceptional tournament and um, him and Roscoe um, saved us a lot really um, through a lot of those games and and put runs on the board that meant that our bowlers could sort of defend um, 
which was much needed. And um, that South African game was one of the greatest hundreds I've ever seen under so much pressure again. And um, the guy just keeps stepping up. um, And I just think he just loves stepping up in the situations, but he's so humble about it and he will never accept sort of the acknowledgements of it. But um, I don't think it's any secret how exceptional he is at batting. And um, once again, the guy hits so many balls and works so hard. Um, It's nice to see the rewards come from that. And then a few months later, um, we switched coach to the Red Bull format. You were called into the the squads um, against England, the test squad. And initially, the first test match against Australia, you won't pick them, but you get your opportunity um, in the Perth test match to make your test debut. A proud Mm. moment for you to get the the cap? Yeah, it's a bit of sweet that one because test cricket the test cap is the one i always wanted to get for so long and i've um kind of always said that um of course playing for new zealand in any format is a great privilege but test cricket i think um if i didn't get a test cap and i retired then it would be one of those things that would always stick with me but um certainly i hope that's not the last opportunity i get but um you got injured you only just bowled the 11 overs yeah, yeah, got uh, yeah, tore my calf, um, twenty five centimeters long. So, um, tried to bowl through it, um, just wasn't to be, and um, yeah, unfortunately had to sit on the sidelines and watch the lads bowl my overs for the rest of the game. And fortunately, we have Lionhearts like Neil Wagner and Tim Salvey, um, who just keep running in all day and um, under extreme conditions. Um, but yeah, uh. Not really a lot to say about that game. Um, certainly pretty nervous when I bowled my first spell, but got onto my work after that and um, didn't feel out of place. Um, but yeah, once again, hopefully another opportunity um, in the future because um, I think just cricket, I'd absolutely adore playing and, and really enjoy the time out there. Um, but yeah, do the work. It took me a good couple of months to come back from that injury. Um, and yeah, I'll do the work again to make sure that I'm in a better state to play a test match going forward if I get another opportunity. And obviously during this period, I don't believe there's any sporting events taking place around the world in any kind of format. So are you using, is it come as a, also as a little bit of a blessing that your body's also getting a, getting a rest? Um, have you ever had the chance to get this longer period of rest before? Uh, not, for, not for a few years. Um, I'm not really the guy who's, like I've been, uh, fortunately, I live with a couple of cricketers in my house, so we've been um, ticking over physically quite for quite a while um, during it, but it also keeps us sane a little bit, I think, when you're sort of locked inside. Um, but yeah, it is nice to just have some time at home, um, being on the road so much. It is a fantastic job, and um, but um, you know, it does get quite tiring. A hotel to hotel and, and it can get also quite lonely when um, you're not around your close friends and family. Of course, I've got good mates and, and the teams I play in, but um, there are times where it can get a bit lonely on tour. Um, so it is nice just to be home and, and just refresh. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity just to reflect um, about the last few years. And um, you can you can lose a little bit of motivation sometimes when you're just playing so much cricket. Um, and sort of lose sight of why you started and, and why you love it. Um, so certainly this has been a great time, I think, for all players um, just to spend some time with their loved ones, but also um, just reflect on their career so far and also think um, what the next few years might entail. Um, and I think for that reason, it's been really great um, 
yeah you're talking about the next few years i know that you're doing a little bit of uh business with your with your brother machine road i believe yeah yeah so a little bit about that a little bit yeah we're um we're just refining at this stage uh it's an application um that picks up uh ball speed ball tracking from your phone um but i won't divulge too much until we can kind of get it out there but certainly um in new zealand it's going to be released um within the next month or so um but because it uses machine learning we just need uh, our users to use it more more and more um so that it um, becomes more intelligent and um refines itself and, and produces better results over time so um as that grows um towards this year and, and hopefully into next summer then we'll start releasing it out to the rest of the world um but pretty exciting um obviously um nice sort of side venture but um something that i am quite passionate about in terms of um i heard some crazy stats after we did some business research but the viewership of cricket is obviously through the world cup gone through the roof and been some of the biggest viewerships ever but within new zealand um the new cricket signups has dropped off by about 33 to 40%. And I think you'll find that's reasonably common um, across a lot of countries for, for many reasons, because people, uh, kids can play other sports and, and obviously um, online um, have other options. And sometimes parents don't necessarily want to spend a weekend playing cricket, but um, cricket is a great game. And if we can try help in some way to keep people involved in cricket, um, and, and let them have fun down at the nets or or at the backyard um, whilst also using their phone and getting some analytics from that then um, that's great so um, that's pretty much all I can give you at this stage but um, certainly ask me in six months time and hopefully we'll be up and rolling then and um, hopefully Machine Row will be able to be used by uh, everyone around the world. Yeah no sounds exciting and then for you personally on the playing field what are the ambitions for the next next few years? Well, I'm pretty realistic in the sense that um, I can't bowl fast like this forever. Um, but I think this is a good opportunity just to take check of um, what I have accomplished in the last few years from being a person I never thought I'd be a professional cricketer at all to um, a pretty pleasing year with um, the New Zealand side. But looking forward, um, I think we were the T20 World Cup, um, hopefully this year. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see uh, how that pans out. But certainly it's, it's a nice chance just to reflect and, and think forward about what I want to achieve going forward. Um, and, and I guess still striving to play more test cricket. Um, so that's certainly a big work on. Um, but also I do more and more love T20 cricket um, as I guess I work on my skill set a bit more. And of course, one day cricket, I'm... Um, enjoying at the moment too so the more cricket i can play for new zealand the better um and yeah just trying to make the most of it and i guess trying to give back um the last few years as much as i can to some of the juniors um my panel panel cricket club which is my junior which is my club sorry in auckland um and also auckland grammar uh, where it all kind of started for me so um that'll be a focus as well trying to get involved back there and hopefully um encourage some young fast bowlers to want to play cricket um maybe not then rugby <laughs> yeah so lucky um brilliant fantastic insight into your career so far really appreciate your time and no worries, the yeah. for the next few years appreciate it no worries at all there's neil kagram cricket last year is lucky ferguson thank you <laughs>